Hello and welcome to Totally Tell Me, a weekly entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. My name's Dominic McCurio, and I am here with Laura Weinbach. Hello. Hello. Now, um, welcome to my humble abode. Oh, thanks. We Adobe, are Adobe. Adobe. Um, Adobe. <laughs> Adobe Club. Illustrator. I was. I mean, we made the same creative joke, cloud. but yeah, creative cloud. I mean, that's sort of the umbrella. It is a cre- this is a creative cloud, so to speak. It absolutely is. So to speak. This is where we can so be creative, speak. and um, I guess you could call this a cloud. I mean, I did have to. It is. You know, Isn't zip it? up here on a on an airplane, and um, zip we up. are floating. Um, we are coming to you live is from. Is this a jock? I mean, Oy. joke. <laughs> Um, okay, actually, quick, quick, uh, work on that. quick, quick order of business here. Um, yes. <laughs> am I too loud? Is Laura too loud? I feel um, like I'm just breaking up here. I'm so loud. Really? How, I mean, how about me? I mean, I think we're both the same. Vo- Here's what I'm actually going to do. Here's I haven't changed my volume though since the video. I'm or... just going to go like that. Oh boy. We're going to be way too no, quiet. No, I think, I think we're good. And you mm. let us know if you're watching, let us know. Did, was that better? <laughs> was that worse? Are you happy? Are you sad? Um, okay. You know. Uh, oh, oh, so I guess here's what I should say. This is going to be our final episode for some time. I mean, some time. We don't know exactly how much time. We don't know how much time we have left on this planet ever. <laughs> I think there's that. always uh, a bit of uncertainty. Um, but I think what we can say for certain is we will not be doing episodes for some time. I mean, I think that's quite simply all, uh, all that uh, we could commit to. Is that not uh, correct? I mean, mm, I mean, like, I think um, one and a half to two months. Yeah, approximately one and a half to two months. We'll let you know uh, when we are definitely coming back. But, you know, the point is, this is it for some time. And, a little uh, while. And uh, if you don't know, if you if you didn't listen to last week's episode, um, Laura's pregnant, and she is really at this point. You're about to pop, are you not? Uh, yeah. How are you feeling on the I'm about to pop scale? I mean, I mean, let's just say that shit is bigger than Britney Spears. <laughs> pop scale. Pop, pop Richter scale. Wow. No. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, truth be told, it's uh, it's getting close. Getting pretty close. Yeah. You're due. You're due on the sixth, correct? Or eighth. Oh, eighth. Okay, eighth. <laughs> but honestly, I think last time you asked me, you're like, you're due on the seventh, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did I? <laughs> I think. Well, I don't know. Someone, Look. someone keeps asking. Oh, well, I think many people would probably right, be asking. asking. I think it's sort of like a common question. One it's would a bit ask. It's a question. These yeah, days. yeah. Um, anyways, so we're just gonna live it up. We're gonna hang out with you uh, this one final time for a little bit. Uh, we are live right now. You could be listening live, or you could be, or you could be watching live, or you could be listening to the podcast uh, later. But if you are watching live, um, you know. Feel free to comment. We see your comments here on the screen. Uh, we're live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. If you're not following us on any of those, I recommend Twitch, twitch.tv slash totally tell me. Um, today, we're going to, in the second half of the episode, review Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, which, um, Laura, you didn't even mention that I just switched my shirts shirt uh, oh, crap. In, in the middle of... Uh, <laughs> 
uh, of us fumbling around here, but oh, you know, so I, honestly, I'm a bit offended. But you know, it's it's totally fine. But if we want to go ahead and just take a look here, oh my god, look at is. you, you little t-shirt rocker, there you little it sport, is. you little sporty sport in the funky bunch, you little squirt. Now, <laughs> oh my god, look at the back. It's not, yeah, uh, look. Too bad the shirt's not death proof. <laughs> uh, I guess look, he's got his little his little fashionable rip, neck rip. Yeah, you know what that's from is like. That for me is always the spot that a shirt breaks down first. Really? And here's why. I don't know if this is I don't know if this is how everyone are does you it. like are you like on a daily basis repeatedly like rubbing the back of your neck against some thing? I mean I'm not, but um what I am doing Do I you feel have like, a habit of doing this no. on a frequent basis? I don't know if just this is normal or not. Slowly quietly just scratching away with your claw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, know. Like it's just some kind of weird freak habit is, that you yeah. have. Yeah, I like, have a very itchy neck, a very itchy <laughs> lower neck. Um, <laughs> no, like imagine if that was like your your tw your twitch or whatever, like your right. weird sort of mm -hmm. tick that mm -hmm. you have. It's like I'm not nervous. <laughs> what? Um, okay, if I may speak uh, the truth here, yeah, uh, speak the some truth, truth is. <laughs> That when I take off my shirt, I always feel like this is what I'm doing. I'm going like like You're this pulling. and over. You know, I'm I'm going really? like a pull over. Is that's that an interesting. You if you're wearing a t-shirt, how that is a very like mid to late '90s <laughs> masculine move, in my opinion. Is it? Yeah. See, because I am I feel like to think a that... Kev. I picture sort of like a Kevin Costner meets Patrick Swayze. <laughs> But don't you think circa like, ghost okay. era? I feel like this would getting be the ready most... to jump into bed with a like a you know a long haired Demi Moore. Don't you think that this is like the more massive? Thing? Like, like you kind of go, you you would like pull from here. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's like, not. Whoosh, no, I feel like know? that's like the that. normal thing. The male, that's the normal? masculine thing is to just be like, <laughs> pain don't hurt to me, sort of a thing. Okay, well, you know, I thought just maybe that pull it be... off with one hand. <laughs> Sort of Quasimodo style. No, if you but will. I, I'm doing two hands though. Is that less masculine? Because I'm going like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, what? I'm going like up, over, through. That is a very sort of solo flex. Patrick Swayze at the gym move to do. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I just have to like respond to this one comment <laughs> no, that we I have. Wasn't gonna... Oh God, that's like the most old people's furniture I've seen on Twitch, dude. <laughs> Get with the program. That was this is Rye very youthful. <laughs> She's got very her. freaking youthful. Okay. <laughs> I mean, for your information, I have a freaking multicolored rack of threads here. That is a very youthful thing to have. I have this homemade pastel oh, really drawing that I did in my twenties. <laughs> uh -huh. uh -huh. I mean, if that's not young, I don't know what is. So you know what? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> I don't think that. Uh, I knew you were going to respond to this. I knew it was not going to go unsaid. You are with the times. Is all I can say. I like. I mean, I, like I the feel comment, that right? our background is a. It's a burst of, of youthful color. If I haven't done seen one myself, so why don't you just take your ass back to motherfucking interior design school and talk to us when you're ready? Okay. Yeah. Carry on. Um, anyway, so Death Proof is the movie that we're going to be doing in the second half of the episode. First half, if you've never watched the show, we're just going to kind of chit-chat like we've already been doing. We're going to continue this for God knows how long, really. I mean, you know, as long as we feel like. And I do feel like there are a couple 
a couple things to certainly loop in at some point. I don't know if we just get right into it, but um, I mean, I do feel like, I don't know if you, I, I actually have not talked to you at all about this, but mm. Brittany's in the news. Oh, I've seen the news. You've seen the news. Well, I know that, you know, she made a statement. Right. So to just a quick little summary, we had discussed Britney Spears um, probably like a few months ago when she was kind of uh, sort of just in the news for her documentary or it wasn't her doc. It was about her um, called Framing Britney Spears. And it kind of was like an expose about her conservatorship. Um, and she's bubbled up back into the news because, well, she made a statement in her court in her court case, excuse me, um, where she basically like uh, beamed in through Zoom and made a 20 minute long statement where, you know, the judge had to like ask her to slow down multiple times because she was just going on and on and on about her conservatorship. And uh, again, if you haven't been following Britney Spears, uh, uh, she's been in a conservatorship, meaning that like she is kind of under control of her dad and uh, a couple of her other family members. And they control basically every aspect of her life. She has been posting on Instagram, but people have sort of suspected that maybe her posts are like a, a cry for help because they're sort of like these weird coded messages or whatever. There's a bit of conspiracy end to it. Um, but she hasn't really like ever given an interview or like had a public statement in all of this time minus her Instagram, which is probably not even her like writing that stuff. So this was like her first time speaking and she just like really went for it and uh, made it extremely clear that she wants out uh, and she uh, is furious at her dad, her mom, everyone involved for getting her in this. And she didn't know like part of her statement was she didn't really realize that she could even contest it because it seems like they were kind of brainwashing her into things like keeping information from her. Uh, certainly what I thought was a pretty explosive part of it is she, she mentioned that they forced her to get an IUD, uh, in her body and keep her from having children, even though she wants children and she's not allowed to go to the doctor to remove it, to, to have children, which to me was all I needed to hear. I mean, obviously everything is terrible, but that is like, to me, some real dark, levels to this that i think mm. no one even really suspected i mean it seemed it seemed bad just from the documentary but it actually seems like it's worse than um we thought and you know last time we had our friend uh britney spears on uh the show um she won't be attending i did reach out to her uh she was a little busy right now but i will just say you know i'm i was free britney and i'm still free britney more so than ever Laura, I mean, I feel like I have spoken a lot. What What are your thoughts on this whole on this broad the Britney news? Uh, well, I was unaware of the IUD. That's uh, fucked up. <laughs> Spots up. Wait, yeah. so she's saying that, or how did that come out exactly? So, I mean, this statement was straight up just her speaking, and you can actually listen to the full state. Like the statement leaked online. Technically, it wasn't supposed to be recorded, but obviously, like people recorded it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like a twenty minute long statement that she gave talking all about like how her life has been impacted by this and how she wants to get out and she feels like she's of stable mind and that she can be making her own choices and she wants to get back to work like she wants to you know go on tour again and and they're keeping her from doing that and like then yeah part of her statement was uh that she had to get an iud she wanted to have kids and they forced more her to kids get, yeah more kids she had i believe she has two mm -hmm. uh 
she wanted to have another kid and she wants to get married and they aren't letting her get married and they aren't letting her... Who does her, she want to marry? Her current boyfriend who I think they've been together for like s- several years. Or so something. she's allowed to have a boyfriend? I guess she's allowed to have a boyfriend, but she can't be driven by him. That was the other thing she mentioned. She was like, I uh, like I, I want to be driven by the people I want to you know hang out with like i want to i want to see my friends who i haven't seen in so long and they live like she talked about how she has like some really good friends that live you know a 10 minute drive from her that she hasn't been allowed to see in years i mean it's just like kind of fucked it's just just so strange that she's like allowed to have this boyfriend that she wants to marry but then she's not allowed to like do other stuff like marry him uh, or have kids i mean i'm sure they don't want her to have kids because they don't want anything to like get in the way of her making tons more money for them <laughs> which is like i'm sure they're multi-millionaires like at what point can well, the, they just give it up and why wouldn't they want her to go on tour then because i guess she'd probably talk um well she's refusing to uh, she's refusing to work while uh, under this while under this yeah so she's refusing to like make new music and go on tour though she wants to like she made it clear like i want to do that again but that's sort of like her protest like that's the only way that she can protest essentially right is mm-hmm. by just refusing to write new songs or like well. get into the booth i doubt she's writing those songs but right. like <laughs> to get into the booth and actually sing the song like she's refusing to work you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but yeah uh well you know it's not a good look <laughs> not a good look but what happened after she like pleaded to the judge did he give any kind of verdict um the judge well so i think the next hearing is mid-july so i think that's when we're gonna find out more um but yeah i mean so like right now it's just kind of we're just uh waiting i guess i don't think any decision has been made uh, as far as i know um mm yeah yeah well i guess i'm curious to see how it'll all pan out you know it sounds like it's an unpleasant situation on Mm -hmm. many counts i i mean she also was just saying like people like everyone involved in this that made me that 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 put me in the situation should go to jail and like i mean it's like a it's just a it's a wild it's a wild wild statement Uh, yeah i don't really i mean Without getting too deep into it, I don't really remember, like, how she got put under the conservatorship. I know that she was, like, doing things that were... I know that she was sort of driven to a point of, like, you know, sort of being out of control of her own actions to a degree Mm -hmm. by her circumstances, which I feel like, based on what I had seen in the documentaries, were largely, like, inflicted upon her, you know, from a very early age, and it was just, Mm -hmm. like snowball effect but yeah i don't know i I don't i honestly just don't feel like i know enough about it to have like a completely solid opinion other than that it all seems pretty messed up so Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's it's clear or you know it seems likely that she has had mental issues in the past and potentially still has mental issues Mm -hmm. um but i still feel like what she was put under is so extreme yeah. and and uh, really unprecedented. Like, mm-hmm. that's what they kind of discuss in the documentary is conservatorship as a thing is, like, very specifically in the past used for, like, elderly mm-hmm. people who 
it's kind of like they're at the end of their life, you know, and they there's really like no coming out of it. Like they are just going to be incapacitated for the rest of their life and they need someone to Manage help their, them. Yeah. Like finances. Whereas that. it's it's basically never been done, I think, in any sort of big way for like a young person. Usually if you have mental issues, you would be put in a mental institution or you would like be put on drugs or like there'd be something that's a little more temporary, you know, or, or at, you know, maybe family members would look after you but it wouldn't be called like a conservatorship in which there's like these legal boundaries to even getting out of it Mm -hmm. and in fact i believe it's just unprecedented that someone can can get out of it so this would be like history if she does get out of it because it's kind of like um that's why it's even going to court because they're really just like well there's not there's nothing written about how you technically can qualify to get out of it so it's like this loophole that she's that they're trying to it is kind of a loophole that she's in yeah and so she needs to kind of find a way out through the courts and just like plead her case basically which is what she did Mm -hmm. um and i mean honestly like i listened to the statement she does sound pretty kind of like lucid uh yeah i mean she seems like pretty together i mean Uh she certainly is like rambly and like talking really fast and like you know (laughs) uh you know She's just Britney Spears at this point, but she certainly like needs to not be in this anymore. I mean, it's just psychotic that she is uh, under such a under such a, a strain. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, mm-hmm. I just felt like it was certainly worth following up on, especially since we talked about the um, her documentary several months ago. Yeah, I mean, I guess when it really comes down to it, it's probably completely unfair because if she's that unhappy Mm -hmm. you know what's more valuable like a lot of money potentially being lost or her like entire life being manipulated and controlled and her being like completely unhappy Mm -hmm. and if it's her money that she's earned then she has the right to like Mm -hmm. i guess if she's a danger to her own finances or whatever She'd rather just risk that than let her let her do it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like let her just have control of her life, <laughs> right? I say, but I don't know. What that's yeah. ma- me making a statement based on not that much knowledge. Sure. I mean, yeah, she called it abusive in her own words. She said, "I right. just want my life back." Right. Uh, mm-hmm. That they've got, they've done a good job. This is a quote. They've done a good job of ex- at exploiting my life. Um, Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was like just the first time that she even had a voice. Like she was no, able heard, to even speak. Yeah. You know? no, I heard I've heard her state. I heard like her yeah. statements and I heard other celebrities like commenting on it and stuff. But mm-hmm. I guess I feel like to have a really clear opinion for me, I would need to hear like the whole story yeah. or whatever. And all I'll sides. play for you later. <laughs> but anyway. Anyways. Um, what else? What, what else, else is up? What's up with you? I mean, uh. Besides your shirt pull-offs, every, your daily shirt pull-offs. Oh yeah, yeah. your daily solo flex moves. What else is that? <laughs> um, you know about you know about solo flex? No, I don't know what that oh is. Oh my god! I didn't realize uh, that was a thing. Get with the nineties. Get with the nineties. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's an exercise <laughs> machine that you can have in the comfort of your own home, made out of wood, and it looks like a ski machine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is it sort of like a what's it called? Um, oh wait, is it? <laughs> You know, an elliptical. It's not an elliptical elliptical per se. Okay, I might be confusing the solo flex with a different machine, but it's something that's sort of an all-in-one. I know a bow flex. Is a bow 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 flex that wooden (laughs) thing that you like ski on? Uh, No, no. (laughs) It's like a skier kind of thing? No, I think like bow flex. I remember seeing the commercials because they had like some, you know, just like 
That's probably. I bet you the Bowflex is just like the later incarnation of Solo Flex. Is it? I mean, it's like, it's uh, like you know, it's like that classic exercise machine where you're kind of pulling out like this, you know, and then you can, like do it all sorts of ways. You can pull up, you can pull over. Okay, pull it, that sounds like an evolution of the solo flex. Right. <laughs> I think the solo flex. It's essentially an all-in-one exercise machine that sort of makes you have like you know abs and pecs. Okay, sure. I mean, <laughs> um, I don't doubt it. Yeah. So you know, get with it. Get All right, I'll try and get with it. Well, you are with it. Well, thanks. <laughs> Your shirt's the proof. <laughs> um, the death proof. Speaking of which. Yikes. Um, I have a bit of a story. Okay, well, let's hear it. I was, <laughs> I, was cleaning my, I was cleaning my house. I was cleaning my house. Wow. Simple task. Wow. Um, as one does. As one does. Um, you know, I was in my bathroom. Your nicely furnished house, may I add, by the way. Oh, wow, thank you. With many colors and. Oh, Wow. Oh, 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 I see. Oh, well, no, we're not As in one my does. house. Oh, I thought you were actually complimenting my house, um, which, you know, I could wait. Way. I could actually just shut up and, you know, let you do that. No, no, want. no. I mean, I, you have a great house. I saw it once. Uh, you moved in a uh, new place in the sunset. It was very uh, lovely. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> so I was cleaning my, you know, inner sunset bathroom and uh, I pulled out the old which is actually very clean oh thank you so much <laughs> well you know why it's clean because i clean it <laughs> i know that well and i live with is your i was gonna say is your roommate fairly clean he seems fairly clean he's fairly clean yeah. you have a lot of nice like male sort of um <laughs> like scented items which are nice i do yeah oh i lit a candle when you were there did yeah I like you have like some pretty good candles that you would find at like a nice san francisco <laughs> gift shop you know that are kind of you know like rustic chic well you know what i do is i read the room and i know what you would rather smell and <laughs> i felt like that that really kind of felt room. yeah i read the room um there's certain candles i would i wouldn't dare pull out in front of you really yeah, I wouldn't such dare. as such as the sweet grapefruit I oh my god i was just thinking like is it going to be some kind of jelly scented <laughs> candle and you said sweet and i thought oh my god i was on the right track because you wouldn't like that would you a would you sweet, like a sweet grapefruit a sweet grapefruit i could go for maybe really maybe wait is it sweet grapefruit or sweet passion fruit. i it's thought you like i that. thought you were gonna say sweet grape and then i was gonna be That's like weird. oh you're right i would not have liked a sweet grape <laughs> parenthetical jelly scent is what i was thinking i think i pulled out midnight i think i pulled out midnight for you it was called midnight it I had i think it had like saying. a very rustic like eucalyptus mm. blend kind of that scent does. and it was very good yeah that's actually my favorite one it was like on the masculine side but that's fine that's what who you are you're a masculine <laughs> solo flex i mean you know i'm a bit of both a bit of both worlds you know? <laughs> a bit of um, both. <laughs> anyways uh -huh. um cleaning the bathroom okay and i pull out the old toilet bowl cleaner and uh you know, I'm I'm uh, uh, about to unscrew it, really, but it's like kind of stuck on there. So I kind of like do I'm just like trying to, you know, open it and I and I do this and it pops open and it squirts directly into my eyeball. Oh, my direct God. Direct it like I could feel. You got toilet the, bowl cleaner in your eye? I got toilet bowl cleaner in my eye. And Ow. I could feel the very essence of it hit my eyeball. Oh, that does not sound good. It did not. It, instantly, I was like, okay, um, it's time to go on high alert. I have to uh, forget the toilet at this point. Um, and, I, and I turn it over and I read the back. Uh, Josh just commented, it's not so sweet, more tangy, the grapefruit one. Yeah, it's, yeah. And hi, Josh. How's it going? <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, it's not super sweet. 
the candle um, to, to yeah, come I don't. I, I like a grapefruit scent. <laughs> Speaking of Josh, um, he's he, he gets roped into this story in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, squirts directly into my eye. I read the back of the container and it says like, warning, eye irritant. If it gets in your eye, you know, rinse your eye for 20 minutes and call, call a doctor. Call the hospital, yeah. right. And I'm just like, oh shit. And so I immediately just put it underwater. But uh, I kind of was like, I don't know. Am I really... I, I got to do this for 20 minutes. I mean, come on, you know? So I just kind of rinsed it out for like a couple minutes because it felt like it was a spritz, you know, just like a spritz. It was a direct hit, but it was a spritz. Um, so I rinse it out and then I'm like, all right, it seems okay. Like maybe this wasn't so bad. And so I kind of get back to my cleaning. I'm cleaning the sink now, blah, blah, blah. And it, a sort of burning sensation begins to happen in, in my eyeball. Oh, my God. And I'm beginning to think I did not properly um, cleanse, cleanse the area. The, the area. <laughs> Absolutely. Took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I then drop everything I'm doing and like straight up just like it's just wa- it's just I'm under the You're sink. You're dousing. Wa- it's a douse directly in and I'm uh. just like sitting there for like five to seven minutes. Oh, my minutes. God. Did you call the doctor? Well, then, uh, actually, I called Josh first. <laughs> Dr. Josh. I called Dr. Josh first. He knows. And I, and I was like, uh, I got it in my eye. And, um, you know, he came over and uh, <laughs> assist, assisted up. mentally. Um, he assisted mentally for me. Um, did he bring his doctor's bag? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he brought What his, tools uh, did he have? Oh, yeah, he, he brought some tools. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> no, so then I was like... Did well, he bring the Procto Cleanse? <laughs> Sorry, that was just a term that I... <laughs> I don't know if that's the exact term, but my brother told me about something. Different subject. We can talk about it after you're done, but... <laughs> Some fun new terms to be learned here. I mean, honestly, what I was trying to do is I was trying to not go to the hospital because I'm just thinking to myself, like, do I really want to... Oh, sorry. Before I forget. Yeah. Proctoscope. Okay. Proctos- carry on. Oh, carry on. I, I, carry I, I, on. Could, I could imagine what that is. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to not go to the doctor because that's like thousands of dollars, I can only assume. Don't you have insurance? I have insurance, but like still, I, I would have to go to the emergency room because it was like it was like midnight and I... You uh, not have catastrophic? What's Catastrophic catastrophic insurance it's like usually part of a you know medical insurance oh really well i actually don't know that i guess that's part of why i didn't want to go because i didn't know how much it would end up being Mm. because i was like i don't i've never really been to the er Mm. i've been to urgent care so i was just like god oh no see urgent care is not covered but er is different er is more covered than urgent care yeah strangely oh well er is like so sucky compared to ur (laughs) i mean you see you see yeah urgent care urgent care is basically like oh i feel bad i want to go to the doctor now yeah but you just want to like get looked at yeah er is like i have to go i'm gonna be waiting in the er waiting room with people who have like a bleeding you know prolapsed pancreas (laughs) and you are like number 58 out of you know 58 really so i thought <laughs> meaning I thought, there's like a lot of people ahead of you <laughs> i thought er is just like you show up and they're like and like, you're bleeding right now we got to get you into yeah the you're bleeding right now and you're number 58 and like the secretary <laughs> is like number three you're up and really? you're just like oh lady i gotta get in there and right. she's like have a seat i almost just felt like is it overkill for me to be going to the er when like someone's well, leg might if be it ripped says off? it on the on the bottle you should bring the bottle and say but the bottle says to come to the doctor and i squirted a, i busted a load of toilet bowl cleaner in my eye 
Yeah. <laughs> she'll, be like, she'll be like, have a seat, it'll be around with you. Like number four. Well, I called poison control ultimately is what I did. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Which also felt like a nice free little solution, mm. which was Josh's idea actually, because mm. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. Dr. Actually. Josh knows all. Dr. Josh did know all. So he I called even... poison control and they were basically just like, um, you know, they, they were, because uh, then I told them the brand, and the brand was uh, Mrs. Myers, mm-hmm. which I guess is like a little more, Slightly you know, on more the organic, natural. natural side. Like, it didn't have straight Even up bleach in it. Even though they do use, like, an abundance of scent, I find, in a lot of their oh, soaps. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I don't actually like the scent of it. I just buy, I just use it because it's like, it, clean, it cleans the bowl, you know? <laughs> it cleans the bowl. But um, anyway, so it didn't have bleach in it, and so I guess that kind of mm-hmm. was a factor in which it made it not so urgent but i will say so i didn't go to the i didn't end up going to the doctor because poison control was kind of just like rinse it out again for like 20 minutes straight which i did and it was like actually that was probably the most <laughs> painful part of the whole thing like direct water in your eye for like 20 minutes is just like I, my eye was so red after that i think just oh from that God. you know what i mean it's just like direct yeah anyway because i was just like in the shower just like oh wow oh my god <laughs> anyways did you cry uh, oh, I mean, certainly tears. It wasn't like, you know, tears emotional. Of, it wasn't like emotional tears, but it was tears. You of were pain. like, I don't know what life is about anymore. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it stung for like 48 hours, though. It wow, was like 48 hardcore. hours. Yeah. Like two full days afterwards. Really? I was still feeling the effects. Weren't of it. you like freaking out that something was. was up? I really was. I was like, like, am I ever going to get better? I kind of made a pact on the second day. I was like, all right, if it's still sing- uh, stinging tomorrow morning, I'm it's going still singing. <laughs> if it's, uh, I'm going to the doctor. But then actually the next morning I was fine. So, wow. Anyways, it was crazy. Wow. I, I mean, like I really thought maybe I was going to go blind in one eye or something. Oh, my God. Could you see out of it on the second day or on the first day? Yeah, I could always see out of it, which is part of why I uh, shoot. The poison control person was like, uh, Basically, like, if you can still see, okay, like, you're not getting blurry vision or you're, like, you can't visibly see, like, a spot (laughs) on it, then, like, you're probably going to be fine. So, that kind of, like, quelled my fears, I suppose. Wow. Anyways, it was a bit of a dramatic situation. Oh, my God. You should just sue Miss Meyer ASAP. (laughs) Miss Meyer. Miss Meyer, if you're on the line. I mean, like, it's like you just did what you were supposed to do, and then it's busted a load right up in your eye. I mean, I just opened the top. top, I mean, like, you simply opened the top, and then... It's not like I went... Right. Yeah. It's not like I was putting my face next to That wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. I was going to just Dude, pop it open and put it in the that's bowl. That's fucked up. It, it really impacted your life in a really negative way. I mean, yeah, I guess I got to get my court case and speak on it. Like, I mean, you could Spears. be making like $90,000. <laughs> I'm just really not much of a sewer. Like, do I really want to be doing that with you my You know wife? what's funny is like there are people who will sue for any motherfucking thing. Mm. Like that, that people do it as a living. Right. I know people. Really? Yes. Oh, I think maybe I've heard the stories. Well, I'm, I won't name any names, yeah, but like man. people do that. They just like sue and sue and sue <laughs> and they get money. Yeah. <laughs> not that it's great. Not not that it's right, but like. No. Yeah. People will sue people for like stuff that's not real. Mm-hmm. Companies and things like that. It's crazy because, you know, you can do that. People yeah. can actually just like sue for any motherfucking thing. I know it's it's an absurd country for that reason well i mean it's like yeah i don't know i don't know why i I don't know there's probably like a reason why you can you know because i I mean the thing the basis is like 
No, it's like innocent until proven guilty, right? So anybody can make an accusation of, uh, against someone, mm-hmm. but then in order for them to be charged or like actually proven or convicted, mm-hmm. they have to be convicted in a court of law and be proven guilty, right? Mm-hmm. So like it is kind of there to protect people from being... So if, if like I were, if somebody were to actually do something horrible to me, mm-hmm. I would have the right to go to court and be like, this person did something horrible to me. Right. Um, but the court doesn't necessarily have to believe me until they get proven. But it's a bit of a like entitled, I don't know. Well, at, what point, like at what point? At what point do you say you're not allowed to make that accusation? Right. But well, I actually think that there should be more clear lines for it. I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's, it's hard to, it's hard to make those lines, but there's just a lot of unnecessary, you know, People should just be figuring it out behind the scenes or like, do you really need to bring it to such a level? Mm -hmm. But you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyways, what's been going on with you? Well, like I said, my my brother told me a story in which he recently was um, educated on the term procto wand. Mm. I think, or no, did I say, no, proctoscope? Yeah, proctoscope. But I think the original term that was used was anal scope. Is this a camera that you put up your butt? No, no. Well, maybe. (laughs) But it was a term that was relayed to him by none other than his very own proctologist. Uh Aha. Proctologist, wait, isn't that a butt doctor? Indeed it is. Okay. Yep, they look up there with what you call, what one might refer to as a proctoscope. Uh Uh-huh. Or an anal scope. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I don't know that they use the the instrument on my brother in this particular scenario. You cannot disclose is what you're saying. No, it's I'm not not <laughs> disclosing. I think it was just that I think what happened and I don't quote me <laughs> is that <laughs> my brother went there. I won't say which brother went there. And was relaying to the doctor something that happened. I don't remember what. Oh. And the doctor. No. This sounds like a censored story that I'll No. I, okay, guys, look, this is all very medical. Okay, it's all medical based here. <laughs> and then the doctor was like, oh, did they use the proctoscope? And I think my brother was like, what? What's that? <laughs> and then he was like, or anal scope. Or I think the doctors use both terms. Uh-huh. And. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the gist of it. You know, it's basically like he was asking him about a prior, perhaps like Mm -hmm. visit with another proctologist. Mm -hmm. Um, And he wanted to know if they put a camera up his butt. Well, I didn't say it was a camera. Oh. We don't know if it's a camera or some kind of actual telescope that's used on the anal region, on the rectum. Wait, so you don't know what it is? It might have been a rectal scope. What? You don't know what it is? I don't remember exactly what the definition is. Well, let's look it up. I don't know that it's a camera. It might be some kind of, like I said, scope. I'm putting my money on a camera that goes up your butt because but, that's very much a thing if they want to like investigate your butt, you know? Right. Well, anyway, I just thought it was a really good term and that it could be really used in a really fun way as an insult if you ever needed one. <laughs> a proctoscope is a hollow tube, usually with a tiny light at the end, that can be used to take tissue samples for biopsies as a cancer screening tool. There the we procedure go. also helps your gastroenterologist find other causes of rectal and anal bleeding such as hemorrhoids. Rectal and anal bleeding such as hemorrhoids. Yeah. There you go. I mean, if I may be so bold, I've I've had this procedure. 
you have. I absolutely have. <laughs> well, you may be so bold, I dare say. I may be so bold to say that I've had it. <laughs> really? Absolutely. Remember wow. when I had um Remember when I had that like insane stomach issue where I was like basically bedridden for like three months? Yes. Um, so that was what, what warranted your visit to the procto. I had to get a procto exam of, of a kind. <laughs> <Procto>. Yeah. <laughs> I got a uh, what's it called? What if there was a new like superhero called Procto Man, <laughs> and he just helped people with all their rectal problems? Like it was just like, hurry. Mrs. Myers over on Maple Street has a serious case of rectal bleeding. We don't know if it was induced by the cornflake she ate this morning or the side of jalapeno pepper, fried jalapeno peppers that she just ingested all at once. And they then he's up, like, he's like, I know this is a job for me. And he comes and he's like, I've got the Procto one. This could be a real cart. I feel like this is like some. This is something they would do on like like Nickelodeon or mm -hmm. something. Or I like no, the like, idea of like instead of like a bat signal, they just put up a like a just butt cheeks into the yeah, air. Yeah, two you know? butt cheeks <laughs> that are like, like lighting up. Yeah. They're like, we got to call Procto Man. And then they like put the little, they put the light on. They're like, we got to, someone get the like light. it just buzzes on and it's <laughs> yeah. just like, no. And like instead of it like buzzing, like going, it goes. <laughs> and like it, oh like, yeah. Well, it's it like a Morris up. code kind yeah, of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And like obviously his outfit would be like a superhero's kind of bodysuit, but then the butt part would be blown out. You know what I mean? By blown out, I mean like it's like not there. Right. Like it got blown off. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's just his butt cheeks are exposed. You know what I mean? Does he show up and he's just like kind of smells vaguely of poo as well? Like maybe. Just kind of like, well, only because like, he's damn, been Procto man. only because he's been examining so many other butt cheeks lately. Right. He just goes from butt to butt. There's no time to shower. He's so and like his man. proctoscope might have a little bit of poo on it. From the last visit. Oh my god! So he's not even sanitizing between. Well, visits. he tries to, but right. you know what I mean. Like sometimes he doesn't have time. He only has so much time. It's true. <laughs> Whatever he does, though, he gets the job done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got a visit from him myself, and he did the job. <laughs> they took a sample because it would get. It's like a way to take a sample up there. So hold on. <laughs> when they took the sample with the proctoscope, yeah, was the scope like sort of a magician's wand of sorts i mean was it oh i mean i didn't see it i was under i was like out i was out like oh light. you were out they, oh uh, they so you didn't under. get to see it i didn't get to see it one wants to know is it large is it medium is it small is it like an <laughs> antenna like the like a tv antenna size right with a little right. light at the end right or is it oh my is god you know what that? actually i was awake for that one no i am now remembering i don't oh know how i god. forgot because I, I, I did see the inside of my own body uh, that, that day, that very day. Really? Yeah, you see it go up and then you see yourself in a new light. I'll, I'll say oh that Oh, my God. Wait, uh, you saw... Hold on. I you saw the saw inside of my own... Rectum. Butt. Yeah. And it was on a, on a TV? They put up on a TV. Because they basically like run you through what they're looking for. And then they tell you like, all right, well, this actually, it's looking good. Like, it looks like, you know. That is so crazy. They were like, so we're just going and we're looking for, you know, any sort of abnormalities. Growths. Yeah, growths. Grapefruit, uh, grape to grapefruit size growths. Right. And granted, like, they didn't find anything, but they still took samples or whatever. Wow. And, and I was, oh I remember seeing. Oh, my God. How did you feel? Were you feeling at all violated in any way, shape, or form? I mean, you know, let's just put it this way. I've had bigger <laughs> things up there, so it's not like, you know. I mean, it was a small device. Right. What did the device, device look like? I'm it's trying a, to figure it out. It's a very small, very Is it like thin... an antenna? A TV antenna? Well, I guess it's sort of like snaking up you. Because oh, it's snaking. It's like going up, you know, your so lower So it's intestines. sort of, it's it's got some malleability 
I guess it does. It's like a snake. I guess it is. <laughs> so it's like it's like fle- it's like flexible. I guess it is. <laughs> is it like elastic? I mean, it, in a sense, it's like. Is it more of a latex? I think it's just so thin. Like we're talking like smaller than. So you it's know, like a snake. It's like a garden like smaller snake. Smaller than this wire, you know. Like it's just. Oh, it's very smaller small. than this wire. I would say so. Yeah. It's wow. Like, it's not like it's really gonna hurt you or anything. It's not like. So is. <sighs> So it's more just like a, a thing that's up in you, but so it's, not it's like, like a thread that goes in your butt. Yeah, but there's like a small little light. But how is it like taut enough to get stuck up, like to kind of get in there? I see. Is it taut These or are the is wonders it? of medical science. <laughs> is I guess it... it's. A t- I must be. You're right. It must be a bit taut. But I wasn't <laughs> holding it, so I don't really know. Like you know, the tautness of so, it. But didn't you act? You saw the device itself, did you not? I mean, I did, but to be honest, I wasn't like trying to really like get up into the science of it. I really just wanted it to be to just be through with it. I so. find it to be very intriguing that it's such a thin, small device when yeah. the device that they use for women, for example, to like get up in there, mm-hmm. like when women have pap smears, they basically put this metal object. I don't I had never I don't know if I've actually like seen I think I've seen it, but it feels like it's basically a a metal clamp kind of thing that unwinds mm-hmm. into an open it like they mm. put it in there and then they mm-hmm. like do a lever thing like this yeah and then it just opens you up and it's like really hardcore well boy do i have news for you because oh, actually that's product. exactly what it looks like uh i guess they must oh have- that's like a pro that's like what they put in a vagina yeah but apparently this is a proctoscope so i'm just going to show this real quick um so you guys have an understanding what we're looking at here but four people watching yeah um where's your camera there it is so oh well then so that's not what it sounds like got put up well i guess maybe it was but then they threaded something through that oh they threaded something through that further up you know what i mean okay like i think this is just to get to open up that's to open it up (laughs) yeah that's that's to like penetrate that sphincter okay i was starting to think like wow why are they not trying to like fuck with a guy's butt but they are trying fuck with a woman's vagina i know that's kind of fucked that would like, be that would up. be fucked up that would be very fucked up but i guess that makes it sense fucked be- up for all right <laughs> that makes sense because otherwise my sphincter would have just cl- clamped up on that and then they'd be like sir <laughs> you're gonna need to relax <laughs> you know that sort of is a forced relaxation you know uh-huh. anyways right we've really gone down a well, gone down a path i guess this but... is just what this is this is but actually how, classic how it works this is a, a bit of a throwback i think it's a bit of a thread back <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right. Wait, so was there anyway, anything? I didn't want to cut I you don't off. Know. I mean, you know, let's see. I don't know. I'm just, you know, getting ready for the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I see you have a, you got a, uh, what's it called again? A stroller. <laughs> a stroller. Yes. I got a stroller. It's pretty stylish. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have some stuff set up in my room, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's not stuff. I mean, I got these drawer pull, like these drawer handle thingies for the baby's dresser that are kind of fun. They're like these dinosaurs. Some people might not like them. I like them. Mm -hmm. They're gold. They're like brass. But whatever. Well, it's your child, so it really only matters if you like them. Exactly. Who gives a shit if the child likes them? (laughs) All of it's for me. I mean, (laughs) 
all the stuff until um, he's approximately two it's definitely oh two. i as you might may or may not have noticed i got a new tailor oh which i'm gonna need you to calibrate after oh, this doing episode that. i can't even Thank help myself yeah <laughs> i'm excited because honestly it looks very drab right now in terms of color oh well i can like i know that there's that. something going on with it there's just things we can do. There's I don't like how these TVs these days, they have their preset default way of doing the color and it's like so bad. Yeah, it's Vizio, you know? right? It's Vizio? Yeah. You're good. But you agree that like, you, you know. You can calibrate those. No, I know. I mean, I know. You I know what you can't really calibrate though is a Samsung? Uh, uh, TLC, not TLC, but what's it? Like TCL. LC. TCL. Oh. A TCL. Like basically it has three modes and you just got to pick one Screw and granted that. one of them is pretty good. So it's like fine. But if you like really want to customize, you cannot <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's like, it would be cool if they actually had it be a really good, you know, one. Yeah. I mean, but it is pretty good. I don't actually, trust. TCL. I mean, basically I, why do they make the default on like this? For example, on the Vizio, so just colorless looking, you know what I mean? Hmm. Like the preset, the preset default is just like, it practically looks gray. Okay. Well, I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm going to have to take it a <laughs> but it's like deep dive. I'm in the picture online, that. you know, like when you're buying the TV, the display version is like so vibrant and colorful looking. Well, you don't really want that though, because they do put those on display in a vi in like a way more vibrant setting than really should even be. Because it's Why? just like I want vibrant. I like it vibrant. Yeah, but you also want it balanced. I mean, you do want a balanced image. You want it to just look like how it was supposed to be seen. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. But I like a vibrant look, you know. <laughs> yeah, but some things are not meant to look vibrant. You know what I mean? Well, I mean. Look, I mean, I'm going to calibrate the shit out of that TV okay. after, after we're done Great. Here. Did you notice that I got a new TV console as well? Oh, shit, you did. That looks great. Yeah. Much better. Much really? improved. Yeah, because I think last time I was here, I was like, you need to get a slightly wider something. I did. And it is wider. And I did. And squatter. And I also got a new speaker. A new speaker. Wow. Soundbar. Everything's changed. It's all changing. Everything's changed. Are you even <laughs> the, the same Laura anymore? Hmm. Hard to say. Hmm. I watched that. Uh, we briefly talked about it. We can get past this pretty quickly. But yeah. I watched both documentaries about the uh, Nexium cult. Yeah. That was a bit of a mind funk. If yeah. you will, it definitely got into my psyche and affected me in a way that I did not like. Mm -hmm. It just yeah. made me feel like, oh, I don't know. I had a nightmare about it and I didn't like it. It was just icky. And I felt bad for the people who were negatively impacted by it. Mm -hmm. But my God, how creepy. Um, You watched. I watched The Vow and I watched the Seduced. Seduced. Okay. Yeah. Seduced, yeah, starring India Oxenberg, I think her name is, and she's tells all. She tells all. Well, yeah, India is, a, is. I don't know if she tells all, but she tells a lot. Right. Um, yeah, I saw the vow. I think the vow is certainly like the bigger one because it was on HBO, but it, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Right. See, I I think a lot of people saw the vow, but I think that the that Seduced is like more hardcore in the sense that it just has more explicit um, mm -hmm. footage and stuff. And and d documentation like it, it actually has a recording of Keith Ranieri or whatever like disclosing. I mean, you hear him conversing with Alex Mack, um, the ones who the two of them is whose initials get branded into these women. Yeah, yeah. Um, you hear them talking about they're they're basically like brainstorming ideas about how they're going to create the branding experience, like the whole branding 
ceremony on these women and like mm-hmm. what they want it to involve and oh it's just very like dark and creepy i mean yeah it's like f- first-hand footage <laughs> it's crazy so yeah it's pretty hardcore yeah i feel like the um, hbo series i mean i already told you this but i feel like the hbo series while it was extremely good and interesting and like um could you have know, been cut revealing. back by like many hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I just agree. feel like I it agree. went on. What is it like eight episodes or something? Like after the first episode, I was like, "There's way too much like information that is not necessary in mm-hmm. this show already." You know, I felt that like it was just kind of clearly trying to milk every yeah unimportant detail, but yeah. it didn't have as hardcore of stuff as Seduced. Yeah, which is actually a lot shorter than. Well, maybe vow. I would have preferred Seduce, but I'm kind of at this point where like, you don't care I don't, I, I, I don't want to watch more <laughs> right. of it. I just kind of wished I, it sounds like I wished I would have just seen Seduce. Yeah. Right. Um, well, yeah. Because I didn't need like eight hours of it. Totally. Um, Though I'd still recommend it. Like you should watch one or the other and it sounds like maybe you should watch um, Seduce. I think so. Because it's a, it's a very interesting, very compelling story, but and you know is... that they're going to make a second season of The Vow, which is just absurd. Well, okay. One thing I would like to know more about is the woman who originally founded Nexium with Keith Raniere and her name is like Nancy Salzman or whatever mm. she's the one whose daughter is like Lauren who kind of you know was the best friend of the woman that stars in The Vow right her mentor or whatever okay so that woman the mentor was is the daughter of the original one of the original founders of Nexium. yeah and she, and so her mother Nancy one of the founders she she is like a she was like a practicing neurolinguistics programmer Mm-hmm. So that's I find that to be an interesting because it's like, what was her motivation in, originally in doing this whole thing with him, and why was she so complicit in yeah. in like creating this empire for Keith Raniere's like benefit? Yeah. It, it seemed like he was. I mean, sure, there's like money. Mm-hmm. I could see that being like a motivating factor, but if that's all it really was, then why wouldn't she just like do something other than a sex trafficking? <laughs> cult yeah you know what i mean like that just takes it on to a whole nother dark path like if it was just about getting money then i feel like there's plenty of other ways to get money you know what i mean but then i kind of forget why why be like this basically slave driver for the man this man's like personal like egocentric benefit it just i want to know what was going on with her you know and, and her motivations and i heard that part two goes into like way more detail about her i think the big thing though that they're touting is that they're they have an interview with keith rainier himself from jail oh shit Mm. um and so that he's it sounds like they're gonna make him more of a part of it like he will actually be speaking on behalf of it because i I guess like he became aware obviously that this was airing um and then he's probably stoked remember that was kind of like that was the uh the cliffhanger or whatever that i think they must have added like in the midst of actually that show airing oh remember the the cliffhanger is you start to hear him like speak and he's like i i I mean i just feel like i should speak i I should be able to say something to the like you should uh my voice needs to be added to this as well or something so that's sort of like i think the cliffhanger in a way is he's gonna say his piece which obviously you should take with the a grain of salt but i think it, it could be very interesting to hear him try and like explain away some of this crap and right. hopefully, you know, they have some compelling people really sticking it to him and, and providing these, um, you know, important. I don't know. I mean, I think I think it could be interesting. I just really hope they don't stretch it out for like eight <laughs> episodes again. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But I would love if they just did like a two episode, you know, uh, 
uh, just follow up. <laughs> right. Or one episode follow up. Well, yeah. Anyways. I mean, I'll probably watch it. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm going to watch it. We're, we're, you know, we're all here and we like to watch things. Uh-huh. And that's just like, you know, that's the American way. Mm, the American Speaking way. of watching things, I think we should probably get to this movie. We can. We can. It's been uh, Nicole said The Vow was so good. And uh, I think we both agree with that. Um, anyways. I mean. Death Proof. Death Proof. Um, 2007, Quentin Tarantino. 2007, Quentin Tarantino. He, uh, this was his... Uh, there's actually, I think, quite a bit of context to get through um, with this one. Um, it's worth noting that this was presented in theaters as Grindhouse, uh, which was pairing this movie up with Robert Rodriguez's um, Planet Terror. And Planet Terror and Death Proof together, both movies, uh, premiered in theaters as Grindhouse. And so it was like a near four-hour thing that you went to go see. And the whole idea behind it was that they wanted to kind of replicate this idea of going to like, you know, a, a kind of like crappy movie theater in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a grindhouse movie theater yeah, in the yeah. 70s. Yeah, where you would see like a double feature for very cheap. And, and oftentimes they were kind of like B horror movies or just like kind of not or A chase list. Mov- I mean, it was homaging like chase movies too, I guess. And Yeah. But slasher and chase like trashy kind of late night like midnight movie kind of things totally and so both (laughs) movies obviously from very acclaimed directors robert robert rodriguez and quentin tarantino both movies were kind of like them putting on a bit of a of a facade in a way like homaging to these old films so um i do feel like if you're just kind of coming into this if you're coming into for example death proof kind of just expecting just a tarantino movie i think you i think it's worth knowing the context behind it so obviously of course then they separated the two movies and you can watch them individually but um i'm curious well i guess you didn't see grindhouse as a whole because you had you hadn't seen death proof before no i had not okay had you seen planet terror the robert rodriguez okay um yeah planet terror uh was about like a woman who loses her leg and then she replaces her leg with a machine gun oh, and then it's like okay. zombies well, and that's stuff. interesting it's it's hysterical actually like it's really funny but i mean that's like you know there's some similarities there um yeah well point. actually there's a uh what wait what oh yeah i mean well just the the whole concept behind this thing was that they were but they i mean were just making... like plot plot wise <laughs> oh oh right okay yeah okay i see what you're saying um Anyways, so Death Proof is, uh, for Tarantino, uh, just to kind of frame it, came after Kill Bill and uh, before Inglorious Bastards. Um, And, you know, I think oftentimes this is sort of looked at as like, do we consider this a Tarantino film or not? Like, should we consider this part of his repertoire? And definitely. And I think definitely, too. And I think the main reason is like he still considers it one of his 10 films he's oftentimes talked about how he's going to make 10 films and then retire. And it would only be 10 if you include death proof in, in the number that he's always, he given. also considers this to be his worst movie as far as what I've read. And people consider, like, but not, at not, large but, but which that. is not bad for him. I mean, like he, he's like, if this is my worst movie, then I'm doing pretty good type of thing. Yeah. And I also just feel like the context is important again. Like right. it's, I, I think it would almost be weird if he made, an extremely kind of like well-written, well-crafted, you know, Tarantino movie and then put it as part of Grindhouse. You know, like I almost feel like the cheesy B-movie element to it 
needed to be there just for like that's what the experiment was and i guess we can kind of get into it but i almost feel like he didn't even go that far into that like i feel like he actually could have pushed that even further <laughs> you know like anyways um so death proof again it stars uh kurt russell who else you got the thing up there uh rose mcgowan rosario dawson zoe bell who's oh, a stunt herself. woman she plays herself she also played uma thurman's stunt double in kill bill yeah uh vanessa ferlito mary elizabeth winstead cool um and it's and quentin tarantino himself <laughs> yeah brother um <laughs> his classic we'll, we'll get to cameo that. situation yikes is what i gotta <laughs> say about that um <laughs> oh so my god i just realized he's billed on the cast as rapist number one um really are you sure about that well yeah that's the thing for inglorious bastards oh no are you sure? Um, for death proof? For, yeah. What? Look. Um, no, I think those are like all of his. No. No, no, because it's comma. That's what he's like. The Comma Warren. Rapist number one, comma Warren. I don't know about that. Anyways, look, it's on the cast for the rest of the cast from death proof is like right there in the credits. So, I mean, I don't know what you want from me. I mean, I don't know. About that. <laughs> I just don't, well, that doesn't even make sense, though. It doesn't make sense, but maybe it's just insinuated by his like, cheat, like sleazy character. I mean, I think we should Grindhouse, actually go look, on. Cast right here. Rape is number one, no, Warren. That's Google, though, and they're just taking a lot of information from everywhere. Okay, fine. Well, I'm going the, on IMDb. All the rest of these are like IMDb, correct. he's credited as Warren. So, like, oh. I think it's comma Warren because in Inglorious Bastards, he's credited as that. So, they're just showing you all oh. of the credits of what he's done before. You know well, I mean? all the rest of these people are like... I mean, IMDb is a little more... This is what you should be trusting. I, I mean, I believe you, but then it's like Kurt Russell is listed as Stuntman Mike, and it's not like he's listed as I know, but, dude but that Google he plays in Overboard. Like, <laughs> Google just kind of like takes stuff from all sorts of different stuff, and it's like attempting <laughs> right. to give you the right answer. You know, okay. like they're kind of just like doing their best at the right answer. <laughs> and but it's their not like, best is just not good it's enough. It's just not good enough. Um, anyways, so the movie's about uh, this uh, Stuntman Mike who... Uh, is a retired stuntman and he is stalking these women with um a killer car and i think we just leave it at that um it's schlocky good you know 70s style fun i mean it's it does, doesn't actually like take place in the 70s but well anyways. It, it's weird how because i feel like it it doesn't take place in the 70s but there are things in it that are like highly anachronistic and even yeah. besides just the like aesthetic of the film quality and you know the stylized just fonts and all mm -hmm. kinds of there's all kinds of like cinematic devices that are trying to you know nod to 70s i guess slasher cinema yeah um but in the film itself there's things that are kind of like make me question what when this is supposed to take place because yeah. even though there's clearly like modern day elements like cell phones and mm -hmm. well basically that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> the yeah. only real thing that makes me think that it's partially modern day mm -hmm. because people are dressed very 70s in the movie yeah which there is, is some, an early 2000s vibe to some of well the sure too. Uh, yes I, I i mean it's not like people didn't dress kind of 70s yeah. throughout the ages after the 70s i suppose that's true but at the same it's not like people couldn't dress like that in the 2000s but there were other little clues that made me think like when is this trying to take place or is it really just trying to be postmodern? because like when they go into some of the liquor marts and stuff, mm -hmm. 
I noticed the price of things was very much steeped in the 70s. <laughs> really? Well, for example, like... Could that not be like rural, rural America prices, though? I don't know. It seemed really unlikely that like uh, extra large, like big gulp soda would be 70 cents. Uh, I think it could be. I don't know. It seemed pretty 70s. I mean... Or I, 79 It was like... It was... It just seemed strange. Like, and there were other I things, think Even too. now, they're just, what, like a couple bucks? No. <laughs> really? How much is a big gulp? I feel like it's at least like four bucks or something. Damn, for a big gulp at a, like a 7-11? I mean, look, I don't know. Okay, I just... Maybe it wasn't a big gulp. There was other <laughs> stuff, too. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, that would not be like that. Because a big gulp is basically just like ice and corn syrup. You know what I mean? The other thing, too, was like, okay, when, there's a part when... Um, in the second half of the movie, they go. Or one of the characters goes into a liquor store, and she's gonna buy a magazine. And like all the magazines right. are very much of the time. I remember like half of the covers are showcasing Marie Antoinette starring Kirsten Dunst. Mm. But then there's like a copy of Fangoria magazine, <laughs> which is in and of itself kind of anachronistic. It's a really awesome magazine that I used to subscribe to when I was a kid. And it's basically like a pulp horror magazine. Mm -hmm. And they talk about, it just features all these movies from the past. And I guess they, they it does feature movies from the current day as well, but it has a very 70s aesthetic. Yeah. And um, to have that be on a magazine stand in the middle of like Tennessee, <laughs> rural Tennessee at a liquor mart is just totally unlikely. Yeah. Like you wouldn't find that there. And so it was kind of, interesting that he's putting this thing in this context that in and itself <laughs> is not necessarily of the times yeah i mean it that is, is itself is kind of like blurring the vision like the lines between what the time it is yeah anyway anyway so what did you think of yeah. uh death proof um overall i thought it was entertaining you know i thought it was a fun movie but i didn't like certain things about it um mm -hmm. mainly I didn't like the dialogue between the girls like in the second half of the movie, mm, mm -hmm. the main female characters. I just thought it was really forced and it felt like it almost made me think that this is what it might be like to watch the female Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like I was just like, I wonder if this is what it would be like to go see that new Ghostbusters movie with all women. And I would just be huh. cringing the whole time. Okay. Just like their whole conversation just seemed so... Like one of them was clearly supposed to be, I don't know. It just felt just cheesy and like it was trying to be, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it was just like tongue in cheek, but at the same time, it just felt like it was trying to make them into being these like badasses or whatever that were witty and funny. Mm -hmm. Mainly the, like the one who was driving the car. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I don't know her name. I should know her name. Um, I know who you're talking about, but like, I just felt like her character just annoyed me. <laughs> I mean, just for better or worse. But I thought that there were moments in that whole, throughout the movie that were really awesome. And mm -hmm. I liked Kurt Russell a lot in this movie. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought, well, it was interesting because the way it starts off, I thought, is this like what Quentin Tarantino's really into? <laughs> you know, in terms of like, just having a good time. <laughs> I mean like is he enjoying this you know what I mean this kind of scene in a way <laughs> Wait, what, do you, what do you mean just like these pot smoking like beer drinking kind of like, oh, I see. like t 
types, you know? Wait, and why do you think that he would have to like that to write about it? I don't Because it just, it kind of glamorizes it throughout in the beginning. It makes uh. it seem like these are cool people that are like having a good time. Oh, really? In a way, in a way. But it's also like this really trashy bar culture-y kind of scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. It It reminds me of like Sunset Strip type people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like LA kind of people. But then obviously, I mean, you know, well, without giving away too much. (laughs) Well, we'll get into spoilers later for sure. Yeah, but I mean, like. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I was just, well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, there's a lot of this movie that is tricky to talk about without spoiling. Right. Um, and we will get to spoilers later and we won't spoil anything if you haven't seen the movie and we'll make it very clear, by the way. Um, but yeah, so it sounds like you yeah, like some aspects I, of it. Well, there's definitely things that are just awesome about it for sure. There's no mm-hmm. doubt. And uh, But then, you what, know, what, I think, what, that the, uh, I think there was, was just like too much dialogue in general. What was the, I mean, I know that it's maybe potentially some spoiler stuff that was exciting, but was it like the action scenes that you were more into or what was, yeah. what was it? Okay. All right, cool. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Yeah. The I mean, action well, yeah, scene. yeah. What about you? What did you think? I mean, I love death proof. Um, oh. I get why people, um, don't. And was this your second time seeing it or this is probably like my fourth or fifth time. Oh, okay. Seeing it. Okay. I mean, but I actually think I've never seen this version of it. Um, because I saw it like two, maybe even three times in theaters as part of grindhouse and I think of note, <laughs> um, the Grindhouse version was shorter. It was like approximately an hour and 15 minutes, an hour oh, and 20 really? minutes. Um, and then when they released the two movies separately, they both made them like the full uncut longer versions. Um, and I do feel like the movie works better in its one hour 15 <laughs> runtime. Uh, the extra half hour, I really don't think adds much of anything like it was hard to tell exactly what was added but it just felt like every scene went on longer uh-huh. <laughs> uh i mean there was a couple sequences that i was like oh so then i, I was seeing an extended ver- well, i felt like the I, full version of it i felt like i was seeing like an uncut version i mean now that's the only way you can see it um, that's what it felt like it felt like it could have been cut down like by at least a half an hour and it was i mean that was i mean the in terms of like dialogue yeah, I mean, obviously the action sequences are untouched, but I, what they added was like all of the dialogue scenes are longer. It's funny because there's like a whole sequence in the second half of the movie where Rosario Dawson, she actually like repeats herself multiple times. She's saying the same exact thing and it takes her to like five minutes to say the, this thing twice. <laughs> yeah basically the whole like there's a part where she's talking about how she almost falls off this cliff in a oh, conversation yeah, yeah and she's doing she says it and then she says it again you're talking about when they're at that restaurant or whatever no they're like in the car just talking i think oh no you're right no they're at the, the diner yeah, yeah they're that talking goes on way too long. and i'm like this is ridiculous she just said exactly yeah, the yeah. same thing she just repeated it's just like herself. one long take so i think yeah I, th- I almost feel like was that a mistake on her part like did she flub the line and they were just like well we gotta go with this take because everything else is perfect or something like because it Maybe. seemed like i mean that was just like this one long time it was obviously a reference to reservoir dogs too where he that's like an iconic scene an iconic opening scene of reservoir dogs where it's just like that one long take of his co- characters just quipping and talking around a table there's a lot of self-referential stuff in this movie there's a couple kill bill references as well uh that i'll get or i guess it's not really spoilers but like one of the characters cell phone uh, her ringtone is the whistle oh, yes, yes. from Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. And right. then on the back of their car. I remember what that was from. On the back of their car, it says Little Pussy Wagon. <laughs> uh, 
and if you remember in Kill Bill, um, the the car that Uma Thurman steals it says "Big Pussy Wagon." No, it just is Pussy Wagon. It's the oh. Pussy Wagon, and it's like that big yellow, ridiculous looking car. Remember, oh, okay. it's like you know. The, I mean, I vaguely the dude in the hospital. That. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say any spoilers, but you know, the dude in the hospital, she like steals his car, and it's like okay, it's a ridiculous looking car. Anyways, but it's the same yellow as that. Uh, and the interior looks the same. It's just like the, I guess, charger version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, yeah. Overall, though, I think this movie's great. Uh, I mean, I still feel like, yeah, it's on the lower end of Tarantino's films. I don't think it's his worst film. Um, what do you think is his worst film? Uh, I mean... <sighs> I'm not a huge fan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. (laughs) You know, I kind of feel like that for me, I get why it's great, but it just for me personally did not hit like the ways that I, the things I love about Tarantino are a lot of what was not in there. (laughs) Hmm. So I think that might be my, my personal least favorite. Uh And I actually think that, um, Reservoir Dogs doesn't hold up as well as I, I was going to rewatch that tonight. Maybe. It's still good, um, but it didn't hold up as well. Like, especially with some of the dialogue, I feel like there's a, I don't know. There's just like some scenes where I'm like, I don't know about this. Like, I think he was kind of figuring it out a little bit Mm. and it's just like, he gets so much better. I think Uh, it's, it's different, I think to look in, in, but I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe Reservoir Dogs is still better than Death Proof. The thing is, is like all of his movies are great. So even his worst is not like a bad movie. They're all worth seeing. Um, in my opinion, this is totally worth seeing. I love the action sequences, obviously. I really feel like that's the meat of this movie, and that's what it all is kind of building towards, are these just cartoonish, over-the-top, you know, violent action scenes that he's known for. Like, he's known for that, but I actually feel like in this movie in particular, it's just fun and games, the action sequences. Like, there are basically no strings attached as far as, like, uh, you know even what it means in a plot sense. Like I almost feel like the plot becomes irrelevant a lot of times in these action sequences. Like it's just about silliness and just like, well, it's just like a whole, it's all an excuse to have this action scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) the whole movie. We just want to get to this. Yeah. (laughs) And And just watch it as a visceral experience. Yeah. And it's quite the payoff. I will say like the, there's a couple, I think sequences in this movie that are just like, you're just like laughing hysterically. I really feel like Tarantino is a one of a kind with how he presents, you know, this mixture of violence and comedy where you are in my, I mean, at least how I always take them is I'm just like laughing hysterically at these moments that are just extremely violent and are just insane. And yeah, I do think that the dialogue, in my opinion, actually the first half of the movie's dialogue suffers more. Um, I felt like the bar scene just goes on way too long. I do. I agree. Um, I mean, for me though, I just think the first half of the movie drags a little more than the second half. Um, but it was like, for some reason, I felt like just the conversation in the second half was more cringeworthy for some reason. I mean, I, there's I cringeworthy things that. in the first. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, major cringeworthy stuff in the bar. I don't know. Well, we so much crin- like cringeworthy stuff, like at the end of the movie when, well, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah. I guess those are pretty much my spoiler free thoughts. I mean, the soundtrack is great as usual. Um, you know the way it's shot i think is pretty interesting oh yeah he uh he was his he own shot yeah he shot director of photography for this which is different for him he usually works with uh i'm forgetting their name but um he always works with another uh director of photography but he shot this which is interesting 
Um, and he appears in it, which I mean, I guess I will just say this much. I just absolutely hate when he appears in his own movies. <laughs> he's a terrible actor. And maybe What's he he's, doing? he's doing that on purpose. I don't know. I mean, what do you, what did you think about his performance in this? <laughs> this is like ridiculous. This is like terrible. Like it, he takes me out of it so hardcore that I can't think it's intentional. I think he must think that at the very least it's like a cheeky fun, but he's still like doing the job. In my opinion, he's not even doing the job, you know, like it's just bad. Uh, Every scene he's in, I'm like, get him out of here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I can't even focus on the movie. He's so bad. Well, I don't know. I mean, fuck. He's got to do something about that. He's not in it for very long. I mean, I just I don't care that much. I don't know. I mean, he's in it enough. He says enough. He Uh does enough. And like he's always just trying to like play these characters that granted he's great at writing cool characters but Mm. he himself doesn't strike me as like the coolest person (laughs) you know what i mean he seems like a little nerdy you know (laughs) he just doesn't fit in like a bar in texas you know what i mean like and then in in glorious bastards he just doesn't or sorry in in django unchained he just doesn't fit as like an australian fucking i don't remember him in that oh god he's terrible in django unchained yeah, he's in Django Unchained, and like he's towards the end of the movie, uh, Django has escaped. I don't know; it's not really worth talking about. And then in Pulp Fiction, he's terrible. I just feel like every movie that he casts himself in, I'm like, what the? It's fuck? okay, Quentin. It's okay. Yikes, man! <laughs> I, I'm sure he's gotten this feedback though, so it's nothing new. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say. I think it's totally worth watching, though. Yeah, should we get to spoilers? Yeah, let's get to spoilers. So okay. if you haven't seen. Uh, if you haven't seen Death Proof and you care about spoilers, you should uh, you should tune out because we will be uh, we're we're talking spoilers over here as the as the as line says say. below as they say. Um, we're talking spoilers over. <laughs> so with with that, with our spoiler warning up, um, yeah, I mean, what say you? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, you know, it was funny because from the very beginning of the movie, like when they first introduce Jungle... Jungle... Jenny... Yeah, what is it? What's her name? I don't know. The DJ woman. Yeah. Well, we see her with her legs like hanging out of the the car window. And I'm like, my first reaction to that was, oh God, that is so annoying. I hate when people have their feet out the window. And like... That is exactly what the movie was saying, too. <laughs> I mean, it turns out, you know, because that became like a real like important detail. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess there was something in me that knew there was something to that, like that sense that that there was going to be more built on the legs out the window situation. Well, OK, I think there's two <laughs> things with that. Obviously, what you're saying is one of them. But I think the other thing is it's very well known that Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. I wasn't I wasn't thinking of that when I saw the legs, but I was thinking like it showcased women's feet throughout the movie. This in movie, a way that I was like uh, noticing like they had nice feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, this movie more than his other movies. Granted, he's known. It's funny. He, yeah. Even before this, he's known to like put feet prominently in his movie in his movies like uh in in pulp fiction they talk about a foot massage uh in in kill bill her her feet go paralyzed and she has to like wiggle her big toe and there's like this close-up of her toe wiggling like already before this movie it was like people were like okay he's into feet and then this movie is like 
the apex of oh, really? of like his foot fetish just being on full display. I mean, it is crazy how many times in this movie you're seeing like a close up of a foot mm. and feet being like part of the story too. It's not even just like you're seeing feet a lot. It's like you're saying her feet are out the window and it's like the biggest thing in the frame. And then obviously it, the payoff of like her leg getting torn off when they well, That's get all hit. I could think about when they were in the car was like, oh my God, she needs to put her leg back in that window. Yeah. And then of course, like that was the big thing, but. And then like later in the movie when that other girl's feet are hanging out and then he like comes and like sniffs them. Oh my and, God, like, that is so creepy. And, I mean, my God, this is just like, he's not even being subtle anymore. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous. Right. But, um, well, I guess, yeah, I, I felt like, so in that whole first half, mm -hmm. the reason I wondered if he's like into that kind of scene mm -hmm. <laughs> is because he does kind of glamorize it in a way. Like when she, find, when that, the kind of, that girl gives like a lap dance to Kurt Russell. Yeah. You know, the way it's shot and everything is very like kind of into it you know what i mean it's like mm -hmm. trying to make it look all cool and like she's all sexy and stuff and doing her thing and then there's like this cool song playing and she's mm -hmm. lip singing but actually it's like really trashy you know mm -hmm. and well it's just like these characters are kind of annoying people you know what i mean yeah and um but it makes you wonder if he's like into this kind of scene you know mm -hmm. what i mean because he's also in it and he's like kissing all these women you know when they come in yeah and it's just like, oh, is he actually like that? You know, that's kind of what I was thinking at first. I don't but know then you think, OK, well, then Kurt Russell comes and saves the day by killing them all. <laughs> yeah. But I in, in a like crazy way. Dancing. I think it's like really unnecessary and kind of cheesy. It's really cheap. I mean, I find it cheesy and cringeworthy, but I wondered if he thought it was cool. Well, I, th you know I, I mean? think maybe the the <laughs> the nicest I can be about it is <laughs> Maybe he kind of thought that it was going to play as sort of like that, you know, like in the 70s, obviously women are were even more so uh, treated as sexual objects. And in right. Like he objectified. Yeah. So he's objectifying. Yeah. So I was like, OK, is this sort of meant to be played as like, oh, the object the objectification of, of women in the 70s or whatever. But I kind of feel like it doesn't even really succeed at that. I feel like it's so I don't know, like it just it's just cringy. I just don't, I, I think it's like unnecessary. And actually it's not even in the original version. Like oh, really? that famously, cause I, I remembered that was one of the things I did remember about the original cut of this was there were reels missing, which was like an intentional thing oh, as yeah. part of Grindhouse where um, at that scene, like it's, she puts on the jukebox, you know, uh, cause obviously they which, talk. Which by the way was his actual jukebox. Oh, Quentin really? Tarantino's personal jukebox that he had um, shipped to Austin. Uh, yeah, I don't doubt it. Uh, he, but this, the scene is built up so much beforehand. Like, you know, you hear, you hear about this lap dance, you hear about this lap dance. And it's like building up to this lap dance or whatever. And then in the original version in Grindhouse, when it was like just an hour and 20 minutes or whatever, uh, she starts the jukebox and she like starts to walk over to him. And then this thing pops up that just says real missing. And then just like cuts to the end. It cuts okay. to like afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like that, the way that that happens is so much better because like it's still implied that she did it it's not it's still part of the story that she did it but it also plays into the whole idea of this like well you think you're gonna get it but you don't and then also 
it play, it also amplifies the whole idea of this being like a shitty B movie that literally the real went missing and it's like the best scene or whatever like right or maybe you, it was like owned by someone else or something right. and they like took it out or whatever yeah like there's almost like a fun story to it like, right you know right and, and it and it adds some comedy I think to that scene right. where you're like oh you think that you're gonna see her do this lap dance right and then the imagination can go wild about what happened mm-hmm. but when you just see the lap dance I'm just sitting here like uh okay like we're gonna watch this for like like five minutes like well yeah that's why i felt like he was into it because he's like spending five minutes on it and shooting it in such a way and it's like you know it's like they focus on her butt for like three minutes straight practically when she's like putting the money in the jukebox and stuff and it's just kind of like okay this is like kind of cringy you know yeah and then but yeah so but i will say yeah the first so the very first action-packed moment when rose mcgowan is in the car and he basically kills her first by just like slamming her body around that looked great i loved the blood and the way that her just head looked yeah (laughs) and then just that whole scene i get like butterflies in my stomach that like the way that he like just sets something up and then just unleashes mm-hmm. like i just like get such an excitement like that was the f- i even watching again for the fourth fifth time i just like was so excited at that point i was like here we go i, like, I really love how like he replayed the car cra- crash scene for each individual <laughs> woman that gets killed to show yeah. exactly how they got killed yeah. although okay i probably should go back and rewatch. but did one i felt like it only did it three times and there were, you know, four women in the car. No, it does it four, but like one of them is so quick and inconsequential. So like the one girl just flies out of the car. Yeah. And it's like so quick. You mean the one who's driving? Yeah. The one who dr- is driving. Yeah. You just see her like fly out the car. No. Yeah. And then there's uh, the lap dance girl. And then we, oh no, no. The, the one who's driving gets glass shattered on her or something like that. Right. Yeah, one gets glass shattered on her, one, one flies, flies out, out of the car, the one one's leg her comes, leg, and then and what then was one, the other one? Like the tire just like... Oh yeah, that was <laughs> that so was good. Wild. And by the way, I should mention that this whole movie is practical effects too, and right. damn does it show. I mean well, like... Well, I think that was why he want... I think it was like the fact that he had it be about stunt people Yeah, yeah. was also a nod to like practical effects and yeah. his just distaste just for, for like for digital yeah. like effects taking over, you know, Hollywood cinema. And, and they talk about it in the movie too. Like, there's even a bit oh. of dialogue where where he, the stuntman, stuntman Mike's like, "How do you think that they did it back then?" She's like, "CGI." <laughs> oh right, yeah, exactly, yeah. Very and, much uh, referencing, like, yeah. I mean, this it's all real stunts in this movie. In the second half, especially, you get some really incredible stunt work. Actually, oh my god, I that mean, was so good. I, I was I mean, on the edge the of whole, my seat. <laughs> yeah, so it basically has an incredible car chase sequence on the second half. As yeah. those of you who are probably still watching if there's any people um <laughs> uh no um so i mean like they they're referencing like i guess a lot of different movies it reminded me of uh the movie duel have you ever seen duel no oh man great a great movie um i i'm pretty i'm pretty sure it came out in the 70s but it's like mm-hmm. basically about these two trucks that are like chasing each other on the freeway the whole time mm-hmm. um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I think it's referencing like a lot of different, you know, pulpy cult movies. I think, my, sure. well, I haven't seen Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, but I think that there's some reference to that. But but anyway, I just thought I mean, yeah, that... Yeah, just many. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. always referential. Right. But um, but anyways, uh, I just thought that that whole sequence was really fun and uh, I thought it was shot really well. 
and I was laughing out loud like yeah. when Kurt Russell <laughs> is like in his car screaming and <laughs> yeah he's like oh god right, he's right. like pouring the alcohol I also himself. thought it was cool how much he was like showcasing the amount of pain he was in yeah <laughs> due to a single gunshot when yeah like in so many hollywood movies people and action movies yeah. like people can get shot and like tortured or and they just keep going and they just keep going yeah. and it's like not as consequential whereas like in this particular scenario he really draws it out and i felt like that was really fun and it good. made the, it made the violence feel very grounded in reality yeah. even though what was happening is you know obviously outrageous and crazy but it's it's nothing that like W couldn't actually happen you know but which makes this, like the stakes i think so much so much more exciting i mean obviously like uh zoe bell who we already mentioned is an actual stunt woman she ends up kind of like on the hood of this car during a large portion of the chase sequence just holding on by these like belt straps but then at a like certain real, point she's not you know? even holding on to the belt straps the thing is, though, it's just like all real, and this these are like this but is like I a mean, real chasing. Well, I know yeah. it's like real, but then how real is it, though? I mean, I mean, she's straight up on the hood of a moving. But vehicle. how fast is it really going and stuff? I mean, how can you fake it? Really, I mean, they're moving quick. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's ways of like doing it that are not digital per se. But I mean, like you know, it's not like someone's actually getting like thrown around at a hundred and something miles an hour. Well, they're not going 100 miles per hour, but I don't really think it's implied that they are. I think. Yes, like, it was because, well, I don't know, but they were talking about maybe not 100 miles, but like really fast. I just mean like the scenery around them is moving at a certain pace that you quite simply can't fake. You can't? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's it's film. It's just like. Trick photography. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the Look point it, is, is it is. It's a stunt, but like, I mean, they're not actually. You what know, they might have done is digitally stuff. removed like a harness that she had. You know, oh. like something that was actually keeping her. Well, that's safe. even more like not as cool <laughs> as there as her not wearing a harness, but it going like even forty miles an hour. Honestly, I don't actually know though. I don't know what what uh, like how they, they did. do it. <laughs> uh, and it's very possible too that like I don't know. They're they're. I mean, this is just how they used to shoot things, and I think no, I know, that's what I know. Stunt people women and men do they is like do crazy stunts in, in crazy positions but not as crazy as what the movie is insinuating is actually happening like it's not like but that's just always the case movie i know magic, i mean well yeah but that's what i'm saying i just want to know what they're what i was curious to know like what really was happening mm -hmm. but whatever it's that's really fun but i did not like the way when they were like should we go get you know after they want to like try to finish him off basically uh-huh Okay, so uh, let me just get back to, let's just give a brief description of what happened. Like they, Kurt Russell is pursuing these three women on the second half of the movie who mm -hmm. are like very similar in a lot of ways at, at first glance to the first batch of women that he kills in the first half of the movie. Right. And then he decides that he's going to try to kill them with his car. As he does in the first As half. he does in the first one. But little does he know, he's dealing with like professional stunt women. Mm -hmm. So it's actually like these three women who are in a car they're all working on a hollywood movie that's shooting in tennessee mm -hmm. and two of them are stunt women one of them is a makeup artist mm -hmm. and then the other one's an actress she's not there oh yeah and that i want to get back to yeah but. yeah so basically i know exactly what, yeah. um they're in the car and he doesn't realize that he's messing with stunt women who are like super crazy drivers and they managed to like kind of steal this dot like 1979 dodge whatever yeah 
that's i guess a really i don't know like fast car (laughs) (laughs) they yeah they've like obviously they really care about this car they really care about this car and they want to do a crazy stunt with it (laughs) and so he's like trying to kill them with his car and little does he know that they are just as crazy and so they basically flip the tables on him and like start going after him and then they like shoot him in the arm and he's like what the fuck and then shit gets crazy and like basically it gets more out of control and he's now being chased by them and he's running away from them in his car and um and they eventually kill him but they but they lose him at first and um they were like oh my god should we go after him or whatever and then they're like yes we should and then the woman driving the car is just cursing all these ridiculous curses like just saying the stupidest stuff and i felt like she was kind of I don't know her the way she was talking her like dialogues and her monologues and stuff were very reminiscent of like sort of Samuel L. Jackson's character a little bit characters Mm. in other movies when he'll kind of go on these rants you know except it just felt forced you know like some of the some of the the monologues you know and and then she was just like oh hell no and like saying like booyah motherfucker booyah (laughs) like just saying these things while she's chasing Kurt Russell and it just felt really cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like just this like her at like her supposedly Look, it's not my cheeky favorite thing that that is said <laughs> but i i kind of like am having so much fun at that point in the movie that it didn't it didn't really bother me like it seems like it bothered you it did it was um, just like it made it cheesy when it could have just been pure fun you know yeah I, but i was still having fun with it like i i, I kind of hear what you're saying but I guess at that point I just didn't really care because it I was just like crying from laughing. And to she be she, she was point. like she was like I think she was saying like suck my dick motherfucker and like I'm really horny now <laughs> like basically just saying stuff the- that was like oh god stop it just <laughs> just kill him already and you don't have to say all this stuff. <laughs> Anyways, what do you think of the very end though where they do just like completely just um beat the shit out of him? That was fun, but it was like it not like that ends. violent. It was just like Really? Mm-hmm. I felt like I I wanted them to like do some crazy stuff to him. I mean, basically they just like punch him really loudly, each of them. Yeah, well, which I mean, is over kind of, and over and over. I mean, I it was know, like, but it's like, like I mean, the way that the deaths happened to the women in the beginning of the and movie were like, so epic and crazy. Like, yeah. whereas nothing matches that. That's true. yeah. Like I wanted them to do some stuff that was going to be really off the charts. You know what I mean? Like where it was just going to be visually just super graphic. But yeah. it was kind of cool, I guess, in the sense that it was like these women are just like beating the crap out of him and yeah. like really hard. It's very satis- satisfying though. I, I mean, I, I find it really satisfying when they first like ram him and like, you know, cause he kind of gets away after they shoot him. Well, shooting him was already like, I was laughing at that cause it's just yeah. like, very unexpected. And then, you know, he's like in so much pain and that's hysterical. And then like, and then they pursue him, like you already said, and then they just like ram into the back of his car and like you see him like spit out his alcohol and like, right. I don't know, like it's just so cartoony, you know, like, yeah. it feels like an old cartoon. He like spits out his alcohol and then uh, Zoe Bell like gets out with that bar and she like <laughs> pops him in the face, you know? I mean, yeah. I feel like it's all just so satisfying. I, I kind of get what you're saying though, like you do think that it might get as graphic as the first half got for the women i just for him. was i guess i i've like been spoiled by that so i want more you yeah, know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i hear you uh i, I, you know, I would have liked fine. that too but i still think it's hilarious like the way that they just yeah punch him over and over and over and over and over and then all of a sudden just says like the end <laughs> like right I, I feel like that is very uh just tongue-in-cheek with the audience is just like well you got what you got what you wanted like that's it <laughs> what more do you want us to 
to do you know give me some more graphics up in here well they do uh they do like stomp him in the face at the end kind post of credits i mean oh yeah but i want yeah okay i mean, I mean that, that that's pretty graphic they like crush his face with their foot <laughs> true uh but yeah i hear you saying anyway i don't know like yeah so overall i would say it was a fun movie but it wasn't yeah my favorite yeah movie of his <laughs> sure it's not my favorite either. Um, i mean it's good but but uh you know yeah a good time and no regrets i think it almost impossibly cannot be <laughs> right like the best tarantino movie because i don't really think he was even trying to make like yeah some sort of masterpiece you know what i mean i think it was like i'm just gonna have some fun with this one well you know? yeah um oh actually i do want to get back to i think what you also wanted to get back to oh which right is, was like the other the cheerleader character who yeah rosario dawson t- like basically they come up with this plan so that they can steal this car and tell the guy who owns the car like that their friend is going to stay there with him and quote unquote get to know him and it's like he's this really sleazy rednecky kind of guy that's kind of scary and probably Mm -hmm. is going to rape her yeah and she's just like all alone with him and the movie never comes back to whatever happened to her well for one it doesn't come back to it but i also just feel like what woman would put their friend that, in that no, that was so like messed that, up that's like so ridiculous but i think that was also like part and parcel to the whole like trashy 70s movie type of thing like where maybe that type of thing would have happened in a movie like that yeah i don't know I'm but just again i feel like it kind of misses the mark in that front i almost feel like he should have gone further with i guess this is my biggest critique of the movie which is i i feel like he he kind of did it but he also just kind of made a tarantino movie and i think because of that middle ground it's a little hard to read some of these scenes like the the lap dance scene or like them leaving this woman it's like okay but are you saying that like this would happen (laughs) or are you saying that this is a parody of because it doesn't really feel all the time like it's just a parody of sometimes it just feels like it's a your modern Tarantino movie. You know what I mean? Mm. I almost feel like he should have disappeared a little more and like not done what he so often does with like these long drawn out dialogue sequences. I I almost wish that it was a little more schlocky and kind of like shittily made in a way, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. I also didn't really get the, like why did it change um, quality from the first half to the oh, second yeah, half right i was kind of like wait what's the creative decision here i don't really get it like the second half is very grainy it looks like it, the the first film... half is grainy oh i'm sorry did i say the second half yeah. yeah the first half is like uh well it's like like been through some shit you know like it's very scratched up and and the sound cuts out and they'll repeat things and like clearly it's like the film is fucked up and then the second half, for some reason... Well, it just looks like more, you know, digitally processed or something or like... Yeah, not well, digital, it's, still, it's still shot on film. No, but, it's still film, but it looks like it's, you know, all clean and stuff. Yeah, well, it looks more like maybe 80s era. <laughs> like, or even later, like 90s, yeah, I would say. It just looks very clean. And I'm just like, wait, what happened? And it also concept? starts It starts off in black and white and then it like switches to color all of a sudden. I just didn't get the concept with it. I'm like, what's the... Well, maybe it's just like, oh, these women are not fucked up. I mean, they're like fucked up in a new way. I guess, but I, guess I don't know. In, but Planet Terror also has the vibe of the second or the first half. I'm sorry. Planet Terror being the Robert Rodriguez film yeah, that was yeah. paired with this. And that also had like this very schlocky and like shittily put together reels missing things cutting out. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the vibe that it seemed like maybe they're collectively going for. And then Tarantino just like 
quit <laughs> the the vibe you know i'm just like what <laughs> maybe he was just kind of running with his into like his in- i don't know yeah. maybe he's just like no nah, just gonna do this yeah i guess I, I just don't really get i just i still to this day i'm just kind of like okay i don't really get what that choice was for i don't know should look yeah, it anyways. up anyways <laughs> i guess i could look it up <laughs> it's very easy in this day and age true um all yeah. right any final thoughts uh d is late to the party and he says hey folks what's up d what up <laughs> Sorry, any final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts are we're out of here. <laughs> uh, not to be back into... Re- we're not going to be back until probably late August, early September. Yeah. Yeah, and it's up in the air too. I mean, basically, you know, Laura's about to have her child and uh, I think that is a... The child is a, coming. A time in which many parents look back on as a real transformative moment and... Uh, so, you know, that doesn't a, mean a, we're not going to do totally tell me anymore. We're still going to do it. I mean, I basically just leave it up to Laura. You know, I'm here. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm waiting in the wings. For Stop trying to put an end to my but, life. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm totally fine coming. to, you know, leave some uh, leave some space for a bit of a bringing a child into the world's time. The child is a life that a life bringer. <laughs> I mean, OK, OK. But, you know, I mean, also you do need. Some you know times in which I to didn't have. We're gonna usher, have time. The, usher the, him t- into the world. Usher, <laughs> Fifty Cent, the whole crew—they're all gonna be there. <laughs> but yeah, we will be back. <laughs> but we're taking some time. Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning in for this uh, final for now episode. Um, oh, Alicio just uh, commented that he. I started watching uh, all the old episodes, and I love this. Well, thanks, thanks so That's much. Right, you should. that's actually that's something to point out look if you start if you recently started listening to this show damn we got like 120 episodes up in here so 120 up in her so like get back wait does that mean we've only done 20 episodes this year uh well our 100th episode was january of last year right so well we took like more than six months off for covid truth (laughs) True. So you know uh there's that okay uh we certainly slowed down but wait so this is number 120 i think this is 120 yeah dude Where's the crystal? Shit. I was saving it for 125. Right. 150 maybe. No. 150. 25. Okay, fine. 25. So should we get a bottle of crystal for number five? I mean, maybe, but I thought we After already we did that back. and it was a bit of a disappointment. It was, but maybe the $500 bottle would be better. I don't know. I don't know. We need to spend 200 more dollars than we already spent. That was already. No, you know what we should a... get for the next one? Huh. Schramsberg. What about Dom Perignon? Actually, I would be down. I mean, Dom. I would be Dom. <laughs> I would be dumb. <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> yeah, oh my go God. listen to Fox. Uh, sorry, we just got a comment from Yes, D. you should listen to Fox Hills Brigade too. Oh, hey. D says, need to go listen to Fox Hills Brigade too. You sure do. We just released a single. I mean, really, I, I say we because I am a part of this band, but yeah. this is more like Laura just released a single, uh, which is a little more of like a, almost like a solo feeling song. True. Although um, Anton's on it. He's got some nice strings up on the end of that shit. Here's what I can say, though. Since I'm not on it, you can take this statement as a sort of like, you know, neutral third party. I'm not swayed by, you know, my own um, uh, like being a part of it or whatever. And as an outside party, I will say this song's amazing and you got to listen to it. It's one of my favorites that you've ever written, Laura. I think it's incredible. And you played it for me. Uh, I mean, I've heard you play it before, but you played me the recording and I got chills. I got chills. Chills. You I hear got that, chills. people? He got chills. 
I got chills. So get yourself some chills and go listen. Actually, listen to the whole album. It's called Sacred Shapes. It's an EP. And I have oh. to say, it, it works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I mean, like in terms of as an album, you know? Yeah. I uh, mean, my personal favorite is Sacred Shapes, but they all are great. I think, oh, yeah, wow. it's got like Hurry Up John. But at the time, you really liked Hurry Up John. Oh, I love Hurry Up John too. But I'm saying now, I hadn't heard Sacred Shapes the recording yet, though. Just to up. Oh. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Usa Ginami. Mm-hmm. This is not Anton. This is Dominic. <laughs> oh. Just so you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not Anton. That's, yeah. that's the truth right, right. there. Um, also, Cara Hayes uh, is giving us a shout out. I can't wait for the baby. Love you guys. Thanks, Cara. Thank um, thanks you. for tuning in. Nicole, classic. Thanks for always tuning in. You say uh, best wishes for you and your family, Laura. Take care on your journey. Thank you. Look. I'm coming back, guys. This is not me dying over here. I mean, come on. It's like, what the I mean, fuck? You know, it's a bit Thank of a time you, off. though. It's a maternity leave. Sure. <laughs> People are coming out of the woodworks to all of a sudden. You know, I know. It's <laughs> like, where were you guys when we were like having a conversation over here? I've watched every episode already, but maybe I'll have to revisit some. Yeah. Could Nicole. Be. Nicole is the number one truest fan of all. Um, she is. So thanks, Nicole, At least for, for totally always, me. always listening to our episodes. Really appreciate it. But yeah, for those of you who have not listened to the older ones, there's some gems in there. Let me say. I mean, uh, uh, It Comes at Night is a classic. If you've not listened to our It Comes at what Night about? Episodes. Oh, no. You know what's a good one is the uh, Jacuzzi Brothers. Jacuzzi Brothers is good. I don't know what episode that's on. I don't know on. what episode Glitter is, is a great episode. We should have just called Jacuzzi Brothers episode Jacuzzi Brothers. But what are you going to yeah, do? Okay. What are you going to do? Um, oh, the ju- one with Josh. Wait, what was that? That Irish movie that we covered with him? Irish movie that we covered. Where it was no Boston. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Irish. Never mind. Well, isn't it about like these Irish guys that live in like Boston? Maybe. Uh, It is. Is it? I think so. Probably. That was a good episode. Forgettable. But that episode was great. Yeah, the movie I did not like, but um, right. (laughs) But yeah, that was that was a fun one. Um. Dominic is patting himself on the back right now. Says D. Uh, Oh, you mean? I don't believe so. Uh, yeah oh are we he was patting himself uh, earlier I, I patted so hard that I, that was a hole um <laughs> no i'm not patting myself on the back i just really think that we got some gems you know i mean what can i say uh-huh. it's just and it's a fucking fact we've made some great episodes in the past now are they all bangers no. yes <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> uh, uh, man all these comments oh, are somebody out, recommends so. our sibling episodes the bros okay yeah oh yeah look it up I think he maybe is referring to your sibling episode. So like the Weinbach episodes. No, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we love having them on. Yeah. Um, they, you know, there oh, could Nicole- be a whole other thing in the works involving a sibling. All right. We'll right. talk about that in the future. In the Nicole, future. Nicole says the fly episode is one of my favorites. Mm. And Chris Flieger's crazy chia seed story. <laughs> that was a wild ride of a story. That's true. Flieger's crazy. Flieger's got Flieger, some if wild- you're out there. You're a wild guy. You're a wild child. Yeah, he sometimes tunes into the show. Fan of the show. Chris Flieger. <laughs> Hello. Um, <sighs> Anyhow. Anyhow. Uh, thanks again for tuning in to another fun episode of Totally Tell Me. Yeah. Um, we're obviously taking some time off, but if you want to follow us on Instagram, that's a good way to know um, when we're coming back uh, and what movies we do. We always announce them there. Um, so follow us on Instagram at Totally Tell Me. Or you can just follow us on any of the places that we normally stream uh, or just, you know, continue uh, being uh, subscribed to the podcast. You'll find out when we're back. 
Uh, but in the meantime, thanks again. Uh, Best wishes for a happy new year. And <laughs> well, we'll be back for the new year, I should hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Signing off. Signing off, everybody. If you're interested, tune in tomorrow to my live stream with Anton on Parlor Shift. It's a Fox Hills Brigade episode, and we will be featuring the new recording of the new release, Sacred Shapes, if you missed it today. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.